Well, there's a big event coming up tonight that you'll be able to watch on television. I want to get somebody to help us to uh, to preview the president's speech to the nation. Third District Congressman Jim Banks is with us on the Newsmaker line. And Congressman Banks, are you are you awaiting with bated breath? <laughs> I imagine, Pat, it'll be more of the same, right? I mean, this is the most divisive president that I believe that we've ever had. And I, I, I assume that tonight will be another, another speech of division that uh, will be this president attacking his political enemies rather than bringing the country together. In spite, it doesn't matter what they title the speech. It doesn't matter how they spin it to the media. That's what we've come to expect from Joe Biden. Yeah, and, and, and he's not afraid to come out and to just say it and to go after people. You know, I mean, when Joe Biden says the extreme MAGA Republicans have made their choice to go backwards, full of anger, violence, hate, and division. That's the party that you represent, Congressman, according to our president. Yeah, he, he calls us semi-fascist, uh-huh. um, even though his party, uh, you know, think about the you know, what we found out this week, that Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook was coordinating with the White House over what to censor on Facebook. That That's my idea of fascism, a semi-fascist uh, government and tactics from the left. So, um, yeah, you, you go on and on. The list goes on and on of examples of that. And uh, this this president, he, he, he calls uh, those of us on the right who advocate for voter ID, he calls that Jim Crow laws. I mean, mm-hmm. and we're all racist. So we, we've come to expect this uh, from the left because it's all they it, it's all they can do is lie and and distort and and attack their enemies. They, they know that their policies have made America worse off than where we were a couple of years ago. So. This is this is uh, the only thing that they've got. Well, that and and also um, I, when I when I see that the president wants to come out and speak to us tonight, I'm wondering what is the main topic of what he wants to address, and in addressing it, how in fact will he deal with it? And I bet he won't deal with it in a way that brings any closure to anything. Um, th- they have become masters of let's create a crisis, and then once the crisis is there, then we'll tell them we've got the answer for the crisis. Um, I, I, it, it's just amazing to me. You know, when, when the president came out, and I, I know I'm all over the place here, Congressman, but when the president came out and said, well, Donald Trump, you know, didn't do what he should have done with the vaccine, we didn't even have the vaccines, you know, until after I took office. Does he think that we were living in a cave I mean, how, how can you even suggest that that is exactly what it was that was going on? The, the, the president himself, Biden, he received a vaccine before his own inauguration. So how is that even plausible? Yeah, I, 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 I expect uh, I know the voters are smarter than that. And that's what Joe Biden and the Democrats aren't counting on. The voters get it. They, they see it for what it is. They know they've been lied to for two years by these Democrats and this president. And there will be held to pay at the at the ballot box uh, in the in the midterm election because of it. So it doesn't matter what he says tonight. He'll 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 repeat many of the same lines that he's read off of his teleprompter before. But it doesn't doesn't change anything, Pat. I mean, the, the country is worse off from gas prices ticking back up uh, well above what they were before he took office. The, the the drug crisis, fentanyl, the leading cause of death of Americans who are my age. Uh, the, the border crisis, millions of illegals coming into our country and the consequences that come with that. Uh, inflation, he, you know, he, another lie that this president told just a few weeks ago that we're at, we have zero percent inflation. Well, we know that that's all not the case. 
Um, he's playing a, a math trick and, and trying to claim that when we know inflation is way above what it was before. Yeah, so, 8.3%. Supply chain crisis, you got the you got the foreign policy issues, the world is far more dangerous today than what it was a couple of years ago. The list goes on and on and on. The voters get it. American people get it. They, they know that that when 90% of the American people are saying that um, that the country is on the wrong track, uh, you know that November is going to be a, a, a wake-up call for the Democrats or, or a confirmation of what the American people know. Um, let me ask you this, because you talk about the American people. Um, when you and I were talking 30 days ago, um, a, a pretty large wave through the House was kind of a given. And a probable pickup of five or six seats in in the Senate seemed probable. I'm hearing an awful lot. I'm not even sure sometimes who it is I'm listening to, but I'm hearing that that's not quite as uh, robust an opportunity as we had thought it was. Do you still think that what we thought 60 days ago with this election is exactly where we're going, or have, in fact, the margins for the Republicans diminished? Yeah, I— I don't know if they've diminished, but I, I still believe. I, I, I was in Pennsylvania yesterday. I was in Iowa on Sunday and Monday. I've been traveling around the country campaigning with colleagues and, and candidates who are running in some of these tougher seats, Pat. And the momentum is there to win back the majority in the House. So I, I still believe that we're going to in a, in a big way. So Pelosi, though, is saying she's not going anywhere. And they're going they're, she's, to – she's claiming that they're going to keep – their majority and the media is is uh, is on their side, so they're casting this narrative that there won't be a red wave and our our uh, momentum has diminished and the the generic ballot for Republicans has shrunk and they 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 they, they keep baiting that hook. But I, I still believe that we win back the majority. I don't think that we win back several seats in the Senate because there aren't several opportunities to do that. But I still think we get a 51, 52 seat majority in the Senate, and, um, and and then we'll have an opportunity for, for two years with Joe Biden still in the White House to hold him accountable and to force him to do things that he wouldn't otherwise do to bring down gas prices and address inflation and fiscal responsibility and foreign policy issues that, that uh, we can force him to focus on that he hasn't focused on. So I, I still think the, the numbers are there. The opportunity is there to win back the majority, but it is a wake-up call for us that that they're not going to give it to us. They're going to fight to keep it. Sure. And we know we know what their tactics are to win elections and to keep the majority. So it puts us it puts us uh, 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 on our toes and reminds us that we have to go out and work for it. And that's not all bad. What are you hearing? Um, I've had her on the program twice. It's it's been about a month. Uh, Jennifer Ruth Green, who is running as a Republican in Indiana's first district, and that would be quite a switch. If if she wins Indiana's first, we might actually be experiencing the wave that we've thought about. Um, how do you feel about her? I mean, I know she's an incredible candidate. She has served and is serving our country in our uniform, and she's also uh, she's also a uh, minority woman, very conservative, and wants to do right things for right reasons. She's very well-spoken. What's your take on her, and what do you consider her chances right now? Well, her chances are really good. I mean, it's a district that Joe Biden only won by five or six points, so— in an environment like this, in a, in, a, in a working class district like that, where working class voters know that they've been completely deserted by Democrats who have made it harder for them to make ends meet, 
you've got a recipe there to win back a seat that the Republicans haven't had for almost 100 years. And we, and we just happen to have, I believe, one of the very best candidates in the whole country and Jennifer Ruth Green, who's running in that seat, a uh, Iraq war veteran, a woman, a min- minority candidate. Um, she brings uh, she brings diversity that's healthy for the Republican Party, and and uh, she's an exciting candidate. So follow her online. I mean, one thing is, one thing I love about her is she she's a pilot, and she flies over her district, the region, you know, Gary, East Chicago, Lake County, and she prays for the district. I mean, that tells you a lot about a person, yeah. right? I mean, she gets up in her plane and she puts on Facebook Live and she prays for the people of her district because she knows that they are struggling and the policies that Joe Biden and his Democrats have brought uh, brought along uh, uh, over the last couple of years have made it harder for the, the people that she's trying to earn their votes. So she's a tremendous candidate. It's going to be one of those races to watch. You know, Indiana always reports earlier than most of the rest of the right. country. And on presidential nights, we're always the first one in. But the region is a different time zone. So you have to wait a, an hour later to see the outcome of that of that race because uh, Lake County's on a uh, central time. Right. So, but tune into that one. Keep an eye on that because that that will be a uh, that that will be a precursor to whether or not it will be a red wave election or not. It'll wh- whether it'll be a smaller majority for the Republicans coming out of election day. Well, you are already in your seat. You're going to retain that seat this fall, no question, no doubt. Uh, what is it that you see right now that's on your plate that you might even be dealing with? before we get to Inauguration Day. Uh, but what's on your plate right now? What is it that's that's forefront in Jim Banks' mind? Well, we got three weeks of session left in September, and the Democrats want to pass a CR, so not a full-year spending bill, which means that they're not uh, they're not going to do their, their job with their majority. It's one of the, the, the main responsibilities that they have. So either the CR will go into the lame duck, or it will carry into the next year and into the next Congress, and there are lots of considerations for conservatives about making sure that uh, that we have if if that spending bill does go into the next Congress, it's an opportunity for conservatives to if we have the Republican majority to influence uh, the spending levels that uh, in the country and the priorities that come with it. So on top of that, though, Pat, I'm as I said, I'm I'm traveling all over the place. I'm not, I don't take I don't take it for granted in the third district. I'm going to work hard to earn the district's vote again to be reelected for another two years. But I'm a leader in the Republican Party. I'm a leader in the in the uh, House Republican Conference. And I'm out doing my part to campaign for good candidates all over the country, especially in these tougher districts, so that we can uh, make sure that we, we end up on election night with a governing Republican majority uh, to start off the new year. Um, in just a, a few weeks uh, since her passing with Jackie Walorski, um, uh, sounds like a pretty good person uh, who was al- also involved with her and her campaigns is going to be uh, the representative now from the second district. How well do you know him? And and are you looking really for some of the same? I mean, it, to say that he's going to be exactly like Jackie Walorski would be a maybe not out of the box because man, that would be a huge stretch. But um, it, it sounds like that maybe the second district is going to be on good footing. Well, uh, Rudy Yakum, who won the. The caucus to replace Jackie Walorski has big, big shoes to fill, and he knows it um, because he spent a lot of time with Jackie. But he's off to a great start. I've known Rudy Yakum for almost a decade. He's a strong Christian, conservative, pro-life. He shares a lot of the conservative values that 
you and I do and our listeners do uh, who are listening to the show. Um, he's he, he knows Fort Wayne really well, Pat. I, I used to work with him at the Bradley Company, a commercial real estate firm. It uh, used to be NAI Harding Dom, and then it became the Bradley Company. And right. He came out of South Bend, and he oversaw that transition, that acquisition. So he's got a he has an MBA from Notre Dame. He's a with a business a strong business background, and um, he knows Northern Indiana, his his district, which will after redistricting will include Warsaw and a big part of Kosciuszko County, Elkhart County, and then of course uh, South Bend and and uh, St. Joe County and some of the counties uh, to the west of there. So um, we're, what, I, what I found for six years of serving with Jackie Walorski is we worked very close together because our priorities overlapped because our districts were right next door to each other, whether, whether it was the RV industry or the medical device industry or rural and ag- agriculture issues or just the social conservative issues that we share in our part um, of, the, of the state and the country. Um, that that relationship between Rudy Yakim and I is going to continue for a long time to come, and I'm excited about what we're going to be able to get done together. You know, and and when you talk about, I, I might, might have said it to you, but I know I said it to someone else last week on the air, that I have never seen uh, two um, two uh, districts overlap in spirit and thought as much as Indiana's second and third. It's like we know them almost as well as they live there, and the same is true back this way. We've got to hang on to that. And and what an incredible thing it would be if Jennifer can win that first district. Uh, first of all, we could leave Mr. Carson down there in Marion County just to you know be the, the lone wolf. Uh, but if we could have it to where we have strong, conservative Republican representation in Congress from all of northern Indiana, how amazing would that be? Well, the the state and the country, I think, would be a lot better off for it, uh, especially if Jennifer Ruth Green wins and the the excitement, the leadership that she's going to bring, not just to the Republican Party but to the country. So, Rudy Rudy Yakum, uh, he I'm telling you, this guy is he's going to emerge as one of the the new young conservative leaders in the House and in our country, and we're going to be very proud that he comes from our state. And I'm going to keep doing my part to represent our values from. Northeast Indiana and be a leader uh, in the conservative movement and the Republican Party in our country to get us back on track. We have a big mess to clean up, Pat. As you, you and I both know, it's going to be challenging with the Democrats still in the White House, but it's going to take real uh, conservative leadership, true leadership to uh, to clean up the mess. And from Indiana, we have a lot of um, a lot of powerful voices and, and leaders in the in the nation's capital that are there to do the right thing. Well, listen, I'll be in the nation's capital in a few weeks. Uh, I think it's in about three weeks. I'll be there for the fair event, Hold Their Feet to the Fire Radio Row. Uh, we need to have you on live with me there. Uh, and then, and I've already talked to, uh, I've already talked to uh, David about that, uh, your chief of staff, and he says he's going to work all that out. And then you you got to help me. we got to go to the restaurant there at my hotel and have the best chicken pot pie I've ever had uh, down there in that hotel. So, but I, I need you to go. Yeah, Hey, just so you know, Tanner Spencer, who who heads your office here in Fort Wayne, uh, you know, the first time I met him was at your office in D.C., and Tanner was a Concordia athlete and was their quarterback. And you know the ribbing that I've given him, that when he quarterbacked the Snyder-Concordia game, uh, that we came out a little bit on top at Snyder. Um, and guess what game he and I are going to tomorrow night? Oh, <laughs> uh, well... Uh, I hope you enjoy that, and and I'm I'm uh, gonna withhold uh, 
Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Any, uh huh. Any deference of who I'm cheering for? Hey, by the way, uh, a listener brought in a box for you. Uh, it's a gift for you, which is the same gift that he gave me a few months back. I'll give that to Tanner tomorrow night, and he can give it to you the next time you're back in the district. It's something you will absolutely enjoy. Historical. I can't, uh, I can't wait. It give, gives you great patriotic feel. It is amazing. You're absolutely going to love it. Congressman Banks, thanks for your help today, sir. appreciate it. Have a great Labor Day weekend. Podcasts by Federated Media.